This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Some people pathetic. I, I don't know how else to describe it. And, and not because, look, I think it's noble to accept responsibility for things that you may have done that were not right or were not fair. But I'm looking at what's going on in Congress today, where all of these hotshot tech guys are under fire. You know, the, the senators are firing questions at them. They're really tired of not getting answers, you know, of being, I don't know what the nice way of saying perked around is, but whatever that is, that's what I mean to say. You know, Senator Ted Cruz said that every parent in America, this was kind of intense when he said it, that every parent in America is terrified about the garbage that's being directed at their children. Now, I don't know if that's true, but I know some of us are kind of nervous about it. Some of us grandparents are nervous about it. We see a tremendous amount of bad information. I'm not going to say misinformation, but bad information. Things about uh, gender fluidity and all of this garbage that's being foisted on kids who are too young to even understand it. Hey, I'm 70 years old and I don't understand it. So imagine if you're like 13 and your hormones are racing wildly around in your body. You just don't know much. All you know is that you're confused a lot of the time. So the senators were attacking these big tech guys. Cruz said, I got two teenagers at home. And the phones that they have are portals. This is how he described it. I thought this was a great way to describe it, really. He said they are portals to predators, to viciousness, to bullying, to self-harm. And each of your companies could do a lot more to prevent it. Wow. Somebody had to say it. You know, I'm not the biggest Ted Cruz fan, but I, I have a lot of respect for Ted Cruz, I think he's very smart. I think he has consistently stood up for conservative values. And I think he's a, a you know probably a, a pretty decent man deep down inside. I don't know. They're politicians. It's hard to figure. But Ted Cruz pointed to a report on Instagram's algorithm from 2013. It's 2024. So this is an 11-year-old report, okay? at which time they reported that Instagram's algorithm was actually contributing to pedophiles gaining access uh, 
to child pornography and to children. So what's happened since? You know, we're not talking about, uh, you know, the kids having to go to the dark web. We're talking about Instagram. Everybody can go on Instagram. I don't think there's any uh, deterrence to going on Instagram. I've never been asked how old am I or never, never seen a, a door open that I didn't want to open, but apparently... And back in 2013, we had found that. That these algorithms were helping pedophiles to put out, like just for instance, a graphic hashtag. And that hashtag would then bring a lot of uh, young people to whatever website they were promoting or whatever email they were hiding behind. He held up a, a like a, um, what do you call them? A, a, a blow up of a screenshot. That's the best way I can describe it. Of an Instagram prompts that asked the users if they want to, quote, get resources, end quote, or get, see results anyway when browsing some really harmful images. The warning said, these results may contain images of child sexual abuse with an explanation. Really, they, they put a little explanation underneath. So essentially, they gave users two choices, right? You can either get results, get resources, <coughs> or you could see the results anyway. So you didn't even have to opt in. And we're talking, Ted Cruz is directing these questions at Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Meta, Facebook, whatever. He said, Mr. Zuckerberg, what the hell were you thinking? Barely pausing long enough for Zuckerberg to even respond. Now, Mark Zuckerberg is the one I was talking about. I don't know if it's to his credit or not, but he said that he understood that a lot of this was accurate. And he replied that Instagram actually, well, here's, here's the line of questioning. He said, I'm not sure if we stored information like that. Because Ted Cruz is saying, could you provide us with some information about these, like, pedophiles? You know, maybe we can go get them. And he said, well, I'm not really sure if we have that data. Meanwhile, he's not sure if they have that data. But yesterday, I had a conversation about the different kinds of cat litter that people use, you know, the crystals and the non-clumping and the clumping. Just a conversation with a friend. And the next day, when I opened up my uh, cell phone... I was slammed with advertisements for every kind of litter under the sun. So Zuckerberg doesn't know if they stored the data. Man, they have everything. They know more about you and me than our husbands and wives. He said, uh, will you, you know, Cruz said to him, well, will you commit right now 
because this is a 2013 report. It's 2024. You've done nothing to address this. Would you commit right now to within five days answering this question for this committee? And Zuckerberg goes, I'll, I'll, I'll personally, personally look into it, but I'm not sure. I don't know if we have that data. So then uh, Senator Cruz said, how many times a user who gets the warning clicks see the results anyway? Well, I'm not sure if we have stored that data, but I'll personally look into this. So now Zuckerberg has to go home and look into all this stuff. Mind you, he is now the father of two children, so maybe he's a little more inclined to think about this. But when he was asked, what follow-up did Instagram do when you have a potential pedophile clicking on that thinking, I'd like to see child porn? What did you do next? What happened next? This is Ted Cruz talking to Mark Zuckerberg. And Zuckerberg says, well, if it was anything sexual, if there's any sexual abuse or sexual content, we took it down right away. And we reported it to the authorities. So Cruz said, well, well did anyone check to see if the results actually were child porn? Given, you know, given that he said, we might be wrong, you know, Ted Cruz admitted, maybe, maybe we're overreacting. Is anyone checking is basically what he was asking Mark Zuckerberg. And Mark Zuckerberg said clearly, it probably was one of the factors that helped lead to users being reported. I don't even know what that answer means. Meta, to date, has made, and I found this out, and I'm not gonna say how, but I found this out. They've made over 25 million reports to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. That's more than all the other social media platforms combined. So as bad as Facebook, Instagram is, they're the best of the lot. And, and Zuckerberg said, you know, listen, uh, yeah, we're, the technology is moving faster than the understanding of the technology and all this falderal, you know. Senator Lindsey Graham, who doesn't have any kids, he begins the session with a rebuke of all five tech bosses, all the guys that were there. He said, Mr. Zuckerberg, you and the companies before us, I know you didn't mean it to be so, but you have blood on your hands. I love when these, you know, senators or congressmen do this, right? Because they're basically just looking to get on, uh, you know, the Fox Network tonight or, or CNN or something else. They make these really intense, salacious kinds of statements knowing that it'll get a lot of attention, right? You got blood on your hands. You have a product that's killing people. When we had cigarettes that were killing people, we did something about it. Maybe not enough. Maybe not enough. Senator Graham, how many people died of lung cancer and throat cancer, you know, cancer cancer? Because for years, even though we knew, we just made the warnings a little stronger. Well, this product may lead to, oh, this product will lead to, this product definitely will. You know, that was our answer. But now we're talking about child predators and sex trafficking. 
Like, there should be a little more emphasis being placed on the speed with which this is handled. Just my opinion. And that's how they went after these guys. And Zuckerberg practically fell on his sword. But not the other guys. <laughs> nope, nope. And that's why I said, I don't know if I have more respect for Zuckerberg or less. You know, you did it. I don't believe you did it uh, because you hate children or anything like that, right? It's, it's what are his apps? It's uh, Facebook, it's Instagram, and it's uh, WhatsApp. Now, you know, this is a guy who is a social media genius, giant, whatever you want to say. And he was up there saying, look, social media was the last industry that was given blanket immunity which is pretty scary. And there are laws on the book that protect them from a parent like me or you or your grandparent like me going after a company that's directly accountable, if not responsible, at least accountable for some kid getting sex traffic, getting uh, lured online by one of these pedophiles into a compromised situation. And they can't even be uh, you know, sued for it. Unbelievable. So Lindsey Graham said, we've been working on this issue with you and other people for years, and I have come to the conclusion, this was Lindsey Graham's probably best moment of the, night, of the day, um, to conclude the following. Social media companies, as they are currently designed and operate, are dangerous products. They're destroying lives, threatening democracy itself. Oh, God, everybody's with the threatening democracy. I'm so tired. It's like racism. You know, you can overuse an expression to the point of it means nothing, and that's what they're doing with democracy. They're destroying lives, he said. These companies must be reined in, or the worst is yet to come. I feel like everything is, uh, you know, a promo for tonight's uh, Five at Five or whatever the <laughs> show is that people watch on the Fox Network. Don't forget to download the app, the 850 WFTL app on your phone. That way you could participate in cool contests. We have a contest that's always running. You can register to win sweepstakes at 850WFTL.com if you don't have the app. We've still got some tickets to the, um, to the what was that, the Artie Gras, I think, or no? Yeah, Artie Gras. It's a four-pack, a family four-pack of tickets to the 39th Annual Artie Gras Fine Arts Festival and that's in the Gardens North County District Park. We got stuff going on, and you don't know about it because you don't have the app and you don't go to the website. So can we fix that? Yes, we can. Not a dangerous app, not a dangerous website. Let me take a quick time out. You stay right where you are. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Sometimes you just want to pull your hair out, right? Because you know that these big tech companies are making a fortune, and they could put all kinds of safeguards in if they wanted to, but they don't want to. They don't care about their clients. And that's so frustrating for the users. That's why 
I remember at the very beginning of like MySpace, I think was the first one of these social media platforms, and then it was Facebook, and all of these things were coming out, and all of my friends were like, oh, this is awesome. We can, uh, you know, post things and talk to each other, and we'll all know what's going on, and blah, blah, blah. And I tried, you know, I went on, and I got really tired of, it, and even Twitter. I got super tired of people posting pictures of every meal they ate and every street they walked down and every puppy they they passed. I mean, it was really like, wait, what? You know, this is way too much information and you're clogging my mailbox. And so I stopped. I just stopped cold because I wasn't a real addict yet. But I know people who can't walk away from it. And for years, their lives have revolved around this social media stuff that I find tedious, overwhelming, time-consuming, and basically dangerous. And here's the proof. You know, uh, talking and having discussions on Capitol Hill about how dangerous this is doesn't help. It's time to actually demand or hold their feet to the fire. I believe in free enterprise, as do most conservatives, and certainly the Republican Party claims to be all about free enterprise, right? But every American who's been screwed over by, by these companies that have become multi-gazillionaires should be able to go after these companies. If you've been wronged, if your child has been harmed, or even worse, if your child has been sex trafficked or, or assaulted or, or raped, how is it that these tech companies escape any question? You can't even take them to court. I, I was watching a, I don't even know if it was a program or a document, I think it was a documentary. I was on one of my airline flights going across the country and I have a tendency since I don't really, you know, I don't, I'm very fussy, picky about what I watch, but I'll watch documentaries, even like lefty documentaries because I wanna know more and they usually are informative. I don't have to believe everything that's in them and I'm calculating about what I watch, but I was watching a documentary on one of the planes or actually when I was at uh, one of my kids' houses in California, about some of these interactions that happen online that were stunning to me. I, I know a little bit. You know, I've had some experience. I have one grandson who was playing some kind of online game where you could basically play with total strangers. And he started explaining the game to me one day, and I said, whoa, whoa, whoa when do you play this game? Because I know he comes home, he's got to do his homework. I, I know his routine. And he said, well, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night and I, I go on and I play this game. It was some kind of a pizza. I, I, it had something to do with pizza. That's all I remember. So I said, really? Well, the next time that you're here, because he would spend the night at my house a couple of nights a week, I said, the next time that you play this game, wake me up. I want to see the game. I, you know, And I'm telling him, oh, I want to play the game. I want to learn about the game, blah, blah, blah. And I go on into the room and he's online with who knows who, you know, you have no idea. Is that uh, uh, another 12 year old boy or is it a 
14-year-old girl or is it a 50-year-old perverted dude? I don't know, and neither does the kid. So I know it's been out there, but I had no idea to what extent until I saw it that night. Do you know that there is not one law in the book because they, they made sure that they were exempted from any kind of inquisition, pro persecution, or prosecution when all of the original legislation was drafted regarding social media companies. These guys have been getting away with, I'm not going to say murder, even though Lindsey Graham did, but no other industry gets to walk away from their responsibility when bad things happen. You know, airlines have to face the music. Uh, car companies have to face the issues if a person uh, is hurt by something that was faulty. They can sue. Not social media. No, 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 no. They have an exemption that's rock solid, ironclad exemption. And that's why they don't care. They really don't. And I don't think that they're, you know, so interested in the welfare of young people because young people don't buy their products anyway. Their, their sales are made through the parents of young people. They had recorded testimony. I, I, if you did not see any of this congressional hearing, senatorial hearing, you need to watch it because there were families there, families of kids who were literally dead as a result of things that happened on social media. Uh, there was a, a series in the very beginning that had all these recorded testimonies from kids and parents who said they, the kids, or their kids, if they were the parents, were exploited on social media. Senator Chris Coons was thanking the families who held up photos of children who they said took their own lives after being sexually exploited via social media. That is serious. The room, the congressional hearing room, was packed. This, it was wall-to-wall -wall people. The families that were there were there because they wanted to be seen. They want the American public, and they particularly wanted their elected legislators to see that these were real people real kids, real families. And they were contacted by the committee because they had at some point contacted an individual congressman's office, you know, their district office, and said, can you help me? You know, my kid just, uh, just hung himself because there are pictures on, the, on Facebook of his uh, his pee pee, and he didn't put him there. And and I'm like, what? How did we let this get so out of hand? You know, and and why is it that we accept the idea that these people are innocent? They're not. Zuckerberg saying that there was a study by the National Academy of Sciences that found. At the population level, there was no proof of a link between social media and harm to young people. I don't know where he found that study, but everything I saw, and I just did a, a cursory, a simple check, you know, just Google. 
social media and suicide. It's frightening. So when they get up there and say, well, you know, uh, we have a study here that says uh, not, that that doesn't really happen. Of course it really happens. Those people sitting in that courtroom today, in that Congress commission, whatever you call it, com committee room, they weren't there for, uh, you know, s s grins and giggles. They were there because their hearts had been broken and nobody was being held accountable for it. And they maybe wanted to pre present prevented from happening to another family and then that family having no recourse either and taking no responsibility for not trying to shut this garbage down. You see, the challenge is for the Zuckerbergs and uh, all these other, I guess it was Jack Dorsey at the time, the challenge is what are you willing to do to make this better? Trust me, when the door flew off the Alaska Airlines flight, just a couple of weeks ago, planes were grounded for safety checks, even though not a single person died. But nothing at all ever happens to social media companies, even when people do die. There were parents who lost children to suicide due to social media, sexploitation. One was a South Carolina state representative He's suing Instagram. Anyway, I was talking about the uh, documentary that I watched. In this documentary, they were dealing with a family whose kid was studying for like the SATs or something and had gone into Snapchat or Instagram, I don't remember which platform it was, and literally ordered some pills. And then they were delivered to his house. I had no idea that kids were using those social media platforms to buy drugs. Never mind the fact that these drugs aren't what they're said to be. It's, these, are not, these are not pharmaceuticals. These are black market drugs. These are fentanyl and fentanyl-laced pills and stuff. No way you can sue Instagram, uh, even though they were the platform that provided the contact. Gavin Guffey, age 17, died in 2022 after he fell victim to sexual extortion, sextortion they call it, where scammers posed as a girl and tricked this kid into sending a nude photo of himself. Then they asked for money, right? Give me money or we're going to put it everywhere. So he killed himself. And he happened to have been the son of a legislator who's going after them with a vengeance. Representative Guffrey is his name, or Guff Guffrey, I believe, Guffey. And uh, the, the, this, is, this is serious stuff, and, and it's amazing. Not that it's the most serious story out there today, but it really disturbed me. I was watching some of this com committee hearing, and I'm watching Zuckerberg, like, yeah, I'm really sorry. What do you mean you're really sorry? <laughs> what does that mean? You first heard about this 11 years ago and you did nothing. It still goes on even worse. Mm -mm. They got to be held, held accountable. Anyway, let me take a quick break. You stay right where you are. I got a lot more to talk about today. So, you know, and people are so dramatic and I get it, you know.
I mean, I make a living off of trying to make things interesting and uh, make them seem very, very important. Most of the stuff I talk about is very, very important, but you know, my style is to uh, get everybody revved up, get them involved. I don't want you to just sit back and let like all of these monsters that are supposed to be watching out for the American public get away with murder. I just, I get tired of it, so I rail. But some people are so dramatic, and James O'Keefe put out a tweet. Was it yesterday, I guess? Is today? Yeah, it was yesterday. A big, long tweet. He's now the head of O'Keefe Media. Of course, for a long time, um, he had a very thriving I don't even know what you'd call it, investigative journalism outfit that did some great work. I mean, no question about it. And then he got a little too uh, cocky. And his work wasn't that great. And the way he behaved towards people like me who had actually given him his start, put him on the air when nobody else wanted to talk to him, and he got all kinds of like, you know, well, I'm super important. And, and apparently he was like spending a lot of the money that ostensibly should have been used for the purpose it was donated. A lot of people were giving money and they expected it to be paying journalists and, and so on and so forth. But he got a little weird. There's no question about it. The last time I saw him, you know, he was still, it was still Project Veritas, and he was at the Mar-a-Lago, I think it was for the premiere of uh, one of the Mule movie by uh, Dinesh D'Souza, and he had like this whole coterie of beautiful women. Now, look, I don't have anything against a guy walking around with beautiful women. You know, he just finished some kind of musical he was in Oklahoma the whole story is a little bit strange but nonetheless and the next thing I know he gets bounced from his own company he started Project Veritas and the next thing I know they like walk away from him and so now he's got this company O'Keefe Media and he says I built a good organization from nothing which did good things and of course, he's talking about Project Veritas. I'm taking lessons from the first company and building a better one from nothing, which I know will do more extraordinary things. He then moves on to talking about challenging Leviathan. Now, if you don't know what a Leviathan is, you ought to read your Bible more because it's a powerful sea creature that's in the Bible. And he he he, he you know he goes on to say, look, Leviathan doesn't like being challenged. But as nearly impossible as that is, the enemy and its injustice is no longer what bothers me. An enemy can't betray you. Only people you think are good can do that. So again, he's super inflated his own worth. Okay, you know, it takes a big ego to do that kind of work. You know, the uh, people on the, on the Twitter, X, whatever it's called now, saying, Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for a hedge of protection wrapped around James O'Keefe and guardian angels. Okay, 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 calm down, all right? He says that there's been a lot of betrayals. He says it's been an indescribable hell on earth for me to witness people go against everything they claim to believe in. 
everything good and right in service to their love of money and power. I would say it sounds like you're talking about yourself, James, but he didn't see it that way. He said, I've witnessed envy destroy people whose hearts I thought I knew. I've seen an unhealthy obsession with comfort and safety from countless others. These weaknesses stand between us and what we're up against. And finally, after he gets all of that out of the way, he says that I'm not suicidal. This is the new thing, is people tell you they're not suicidal because they think they might be murdered and they don't want you to think, you know, they're going to cover it up and make it look like a suicide. So they tell you, I'm not suicidal. Okay, great. He said, I'm not suicidal, but I'm also not afraid to die. Now I'm indifferent to the outcome and frankly, numb to the consequences of truth telling. I've adapted to faith over fear. The mission is to discover other people whose principles are not for sale, who will do the right thing rather than talk about doing the right thing. I'm tired of seeing tens of thousands of people sliding into my DMs, complaining to my team about how bad things are, and then they make excuses or do nothing. I'm tired, boss, so here I stand. I can do no other. As has been said, if they're going to kill me, they're going to kill me. Let's do this. Let's get 2024 started. Let's inspire others to be brave. Let's raise the stakes. Let's expose them all. In truth, James, he concludes. And as of 10 o'clock this morning, he still hadn't released the report that's supposedly going to get him killed. It is now, what time? Mm, 3.45. And I still have not seen anything that's, you know, highly controversial and could get him killed. Um, thou doth protest a lot, you know? So we'll see, you know, there's a lot going on, not just in his world, but in the world of, of, uh, news gathering agencies or whatever you want to call them now because they're all dispersed. I like the uh, Substack people, some of the writers on there. Not all of them, but some of them. And I'm so careful about what I read and what I believe these days. You have to be. Now, now we say, we look at a, a, a headline today that says, and, and you know, this is the kind of stuff where you really have to take a step back. And it's terrible to think the worst of everyone. But a Levittown man is seen in a YouTube beheading video. Justin Moan describes himself as a musician, producer, author of seven books available on Amazon, the commander of America's National Network of Militias, acting president of the United States, and maybe even the Messiah. That's the, but there's a new uh, title to the list, according to the Bucks County law enforcement agencies. He's a murder suspect. He was charged today in the death of his 68-year-old father, whose decapitated body was found in a bathroom of his Middletown home yesterday. According to court documents, Justin Moan used a machete 
and a large kitchen knife, both found in a bathtub by police, who also recovered the victim's head wrapped in plastic in a large cooking pot. Police apprehended Moan in Fort Indian Town Gap, which is home to a National Guard training center about 100 miles away from his house, two hours away from Bucks County. Nobody you know, knows why he traveled to the area where the military center uh, is. It's the busiest training center in the nation, or at least that's what the website says. He was arraigned on murder charges at midnight in Fort Indian Town Gap, and he has also been charged with possession of an instrument of crime and abuse of corpse, and other charges may be filed later on. Now, on his social media platform, here we go again, social media. On his social media platform, he has described himself, uh, he doesn't admit to, uh, to killing his father on the YouTube video that everybody's looking at. I, I didn't see it, and, I don't, and it's already been taken down. It's like a 14-and-a-half-minute rant, uh, and basically it's a rant against the federal government. And he displays the severed head of his father and describes the victim as a 20-year federal employee. His father was a federal worker. In the video, he called for the execution of all federal workers, claiming they have betrayed American citizens. All federal agents, U.S. Marshals, federal judges, and Border Patrol are to be killed or captured, tortured for information, and publicly executed for betraying their country, he says in this YouTube video, right? It's not up there anymore, don't try. Earn your place in heaven by sending a traitor to hell. Okay. Throughout this entire video, which looks like it's filmed in his bedroom, he rails against what he calls the far left, the woke, pro-immigrant, pro-Black Lives Matter, pro-LGBTQ, deep state, labor racketeers, tax-evading big tech companies, uh, the federal government, destroying America. You know, he's ranting and raving. Now, YouTube took the video down around 10.30 last night, but it had been up there for six hours and it had been um, like more than 6,000 views. And he described himself as the acting U.S. president and ordered all militia and patriots to kill federal employees and seize federal buildings, including courthouses. He said he had access to $10 million and put $1 million bounties on high-ranking government officials. But he lived in Levittown. Now, if you don't know what Levittown is, it's like an ultra um, lower middle class neighborhood. And the video actually begins with him holding up his father's head several times, wrapped in plastic and reading a manifesto, giving orders, making claims. And uh, he is the victim's youngest son. And I don't know. His Facebook page describes him as a musician. He's a blend of rock, funk, and hip-hop using piano and organ as primary. I mean, who knows? This is a very sick individual. But already, he's MAGA. We got to stop these MAGA people. Anyway, don't forget, coming up after me is Eric Erickson, followed by Joe Paggs, Lars Larson, and tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., Jen and Bill will be back with the South Florida Morning Show.
followed by Brian Kilmeade, followed by Dan Bongino, and then I'll be back at 3 o'clock. But I still have a segment left today, so don't touch that dial. I'll be right back. Oh, my goodness. Now we had another U.S. warship that was almost, uh, almost blown out of the water by these uh, Houthi rebels. Not, no problem. You know, these Houthi rebels are nothing much to be afraid of, right? Hmm. Yeah. Who believes that? I don't. They're funded by Iran. Don't say it too loud, because then they will we'll expect the government to do something about it. And Lord knows they're not going to. So don't. Don't say anything. You know, I'm looking at, what, what's her name? The, the Ilhan Omar talking about the leader of Somalia being her president. Okay. What? <laughs> How do they get away with saying stuff like that? Really, I mean, that representative, Elon Omar, claimed Somali leader is our president. Mm-hmm. Imagine if uh, a conservative said something like that, like said, oh, uh, Milieu is our president, or I don't know, the, the guy from Hungary or Poland or whatever. She claims the Somali leader is our president. Well, you know what? I think you should go home to your president. How about that? She's said that repeatedly, not just once. In a video back in December of two years ago or a year and a half ago, please, this woman, I'm very honored to have the chance that our president, President of Somalia, President Hassan Sikh Mohammed, let us give him a warm welcome, Minnesota. What? He's not our president, honey. But if you want him to be your president, we will pay your airfare back to Somaliland. How about that? I think it's a good idea. She calls this guy her uncle. They're so weird. Anyway, that does it for me today. I thank you for your time this time until next time. My plan is to be back here tomorrow at 3, if it be his will and he delays his coming. Remember what lies behind us. And what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And then may God bless you, may God bless Israel, and may God bless the United States of America. See you tomorrow at 3. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.